You're watching the Mondays with Midja podcast. Midja is founder and CEO of Legal Leadership, a company specializing in the leadership training and coaching of lawyers. Get set to jumpstart your week with a shot of mojo as Midja and her guests talk all things life, love, and leadership. Hey, it's Monday and I'm Midja and welcome to the podcast all about life, love and leadership. Now, I have a very special guest in the podcast studio today, one of my besties, Carolee Fontanelli. And I'm going to let Carolee introduce herself to you. She wears lots of different hats in her businesses. So welcome to the podcast, Carolee. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to coming and seeing your amazing podcast set up. Love and, this. And congratulations on starting your own podcast. Thank you. Carolee is a seasoned uh, podcast host with a couple of podcasts under her belts, which she'll tell us a little bit about. So you wear lots of different hats, Carolee, as I said. So talk to us a little bit around exactly what you do. What's, what's, a, what's a day or a week like for Carolee? Oh, it's a little bit all over the place, to be honest. <laughs> yep. um, but I really enjoy having the variety. So the first thing that I do is that I am the Director of Collective Family Law. So we are a family law firm based in southeast Queensland. Um, I have a team of 14. We have three offices and we service people in the realms of family law. So anything to do with divorce, separation, that sort of thing. That is busy. However, I have created a firm that doesn't rely on me mm-hmm. all the time so um, I have a lot of freedom around that which is awesome that's when we get to have fun together yes, that's when we get to have fun together um, yeah so that's been really great to be able to get the firm to a place that I'm not the one who's needing to do everything so mm-hmm. um, and I'll talk more about that as we go on I suppose today Absolutely. the other thing that I do is I have a business um, it's actually called Being Unstoppable, the business name, but I run a program called the Scalable Business Lounge and that is a program for law firm owners who want to create a law firm that doesn't rely on them all the time or anymore. So, um, you know, often law firm owners, uh, they start their business because they think they can do it better and have more freedom and have more money and profit um, than you would otherwise if you're working for someone. And they want to create a life for themselves. And then they get in a year or two, the excitement wears off and they realise they're now servicing clients 40, 50 hours a week as well as now running a business and wondering how they can hire a team. And all of a sudden they have the worst job in the world. And they're the worst boss for themselves. That you Absolutely. Know. I so saw, was it a, uh, I think it's a TikTok or I think I saw it on a t- like a TikTok where people were like, I hated my nine to five job. So I gave that up and started my own business. And now I work seven days a week, you know, 14 hours, 17 hours a day. It's crazy. Exactly. And law firm owners, we're a special breed. Absolutely. <laughs> I know many of you. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think one of the reasons around that is the personality types are often perfectionist. Mm-hmm. We're risk adverse. Uh, we don't like other people doing things for, our, for, for us. Uh, we find it hard to delegate. We can do it better than everyone else, which leads to maxed out, burnt out, um, you know, and as you will know, not great leaders often because we mm. don't know how to let go. Absolutely. And, the, you know, the question I get asked a lot by 
leaders in all different industries, but particularly in the law, is you know how can how can I enjoy leadership? Like I'm on a bit of a mission to make people love leadership, and unless you can uh, work out that time and and scale that business, as you said, and what you do with law firm owners. It's very tough to be in love with what you do and to have fun and playfulness and lightness. Well, if you're leadership. stressed out to the max and you d- you're running client files 40, 50 hours a week, as well as trying to step up as a leader, as well as trying to be the marketing manager, you know, the finance, finance manager, yep. like all the things that you're doing in your business, you know, you can see why people get to a point that they can't grow any further because they're maxed out. Mm. And then that that greener uh, that greener grass that people thought leaving pra- leaving someone else's practice to start their own doesn't seem so green anymore. That's right. And people come into my program and one of the reasons they don't want to join the program is because they think, well I don't have any time to do this. <laughs> so it's this cycle of, well I don't have any time to do this. I'm so maxed out. But it's like, I can show you how to not be maxed out anymore. I can show you how to start doing high-end tasks that are going to actually move the needle forward. You're going to work less and earn more and have more free time. Love that, to go on chopper rides and and on boats and all the stuff we do. All the things that we do. We love that. Um, Because one of the main things, Carolee, because people, wherever I go, people know that we're good friends – and so they asked me about yourself and although I'll make a comment about you to me, all, all brilliant, all wonderful feedback. But you know what? The main thing people say, nearly what everyone says to me about you is they're like, how does she do it all? Yes. Like how yeah. does she fit all of that in? Because she's go, go, go. And I think, you know, because this podcast is all about, you know, life hacks or, or you know, how to – live a life that you want so like, if you talk to that for a moment around um how can you have uh, produce that or have a life kind of like that where you've got lots of different variety yeah so I think the thing because I get asked that all the time as well mm-hmm. people often say to me so that doesn't come as a surprise to me people often say how do you do all that so one mm. of the other things that I've done which isn't part of what I'm doing now but in the past I've written three cookbooks mm-hmm. promoted them and gone and done cooking shows and things like that and spent a lot of time away from the firm to do that um and obviously now I run the scalable business lounge which takes up probably more of my time than the firm does uh as well as the time to have fun and have a family and and all of that and quite honestly I'm not very busy <laughs> And last, and last year renovated two houses. Oh, yeah. Let's just put that on the oh, yeah. agenda renovated as well. two ho- houses and run a holiday house and Airbnb, um, you know. Uh, so, in yeah. your spare time. Yeah, in my spare time. <laughs> it sounds like a lot, but when you uh, have the skills to delegate things, when you have the skills to empower people to work for you in a way that they are taking charge and they have their own leadership roles – within your um, companies or businesses or the things that you do, it you have so much time because you have a team of people who are helping you. Mm. So how have you been able to get to that point where you can extend that trust and feel comfortable in that space? Because as you said, for a lot of professionals who 
have been great with their technical lawyers or accountants or whatever field they're in. How do you let some of that go in order to delegate and extend trust and be okay with that? I think, well, it happens over time because you don't start with a larger Mm -hmm. team. Most people, you know, you start with a smaller team. So like everyone who's starting from the the beginning, you start with a team of one or two. Uh, So, and that's where I started. And it's really, I think, choosing people to be on your team who have great skills for what they do. Mm. So, and for the lawyers that I hire, I hire lawyers that are, Far better family lawyers than I am. Yeah. So they're amazing. Yeah, um, I know some amazing <laughs> lawyers. I was probably not one of those amazing <laughs> lawyers myself, but could but, lead know, and manage um, other lawyers and, and, and legal teams. And I think teams. just recognising that you're not the only person in the world who has that skill. And mm. you have a whole lot of skills. I have a whole lot of things that I'm just not good at. Mm. And I'm not ashamed to admit those things. You know, I'm not the most detail-orientated person, so I need a manager in my law firm who's really in the detail. And that's where you create great teams because I get her out of the detail so that we can move forward, Mm -hmm. but she gets me into the detail so we can move forward as well. What a great combination. Yes, that's exactly right. It's a magic team. It's a magic team. So you have to hire people around you who fill your gaps and you need to know what those gaps are. Mm. And I think that takes a lot of self-discovery work and just realising that it's okay to not be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I know I talk a lot about that and some of my clients have, they know within themselves that perfectionist nature and just cannot let that go. Yeah, and expect sometimes some of their their junior team members, whether they're you know junior lawyers, to do things the way they would do them and in the time that they would do them, and sort of remembering that they are starting out. Yeah, that's right. It's going to take them longer. They're going to fail. They're going to stuff up things. They're going to and to be okay with that. Yeah, allow and that I space. Think, I think on a team as well, you've got to understand that everyone has different qualities and. Some people are really amazing at some things and some people aren't. And giving people leeway and accepting yourself and them for your downfalls and for where you are excellent. Mm. So what – because yesterday actually I spoke to um, a number of law students just finishing their degrees now, you know, going into new roles. What do you look for when you're recruiting I do not look for their GPA. I could not give a (laughs) rat's about what their GPA is. Um, What I look for is I look for someone who's culturally going to be a really good fit in our firm, Mm -hmm. Uh, someone who is really keen, someone who particularly wants to do family law. If I get a a uni student come to me and you can – see that they don't really care what practice area they want to be in. Mm. Um, They're not a fit for our firm. We need people who are passionate about family law um, because it takes a special person to be a family lawyer. Yeah. And and that, I think, goes across the board for a lot of areas of law. Absolutely. Aces in their places, as we used to say. Like different lawyers and different skills and different 
personalities fit different areas of law and different types of practices of law, That's different right. firms. That's right. So, um, yeah, so really it's around being a good cultural fit and someone who's going to um, use their own initiative, which often you don't know until you've had someone for an, a period of time, yep. uh, which, you know, that we get juniors that um, come on board and within three or four months we can see whether or not they're a fit or not. Mm-hmm. And so, you know juniors don't last sometimes yeah <laughs> and they need to move and generally those people find that family law is not for them and you know they'll move on to a different area and it takes mm-hmm. time to work out what you want absolutely what what on on the flip side of that what are potential candidates and uh, young professionals looking for from their employer and from their leaders do you think right now what do they want? It's been so long since I have been a junior. But, for example, we've got a junior at the moment who is amazing. She is excellent. Um, just picks things up really easily. And I think the thing as a junior as well that's really important to know, you're not really a lawyer yet. Mm-hmm. You feel like you are and you're all excited about it, yep. 100%. And and you have the right to be excited about it because it is exciting. Um, but you are there to serve the senior lawyers. Yes. Your role is to serve them and make their life easier by doing their low-end tasks, which mm-hmm. trains you to start doing legal work. Um, and so we've got this lady with us now, and she was a PLT student of ours, and I didn't have a role for her at the time, and she went to another law firm. Okay. Uh, and she came back to us in tears um very upset that maybe law wasn't for her because it was so hard because there was a lot of yelling and um i think probably old school lawyering going on high pressure high pressure mm-hmm. uh and that's just not how we run our firm at all um and so we ended up having her back and she's been amazing and you know so f- for her she was looking for a fit for her Absolutely. A cultural fit for her. So, and, you know, that particular law firm, they they have great staff retention. They are great lawyers. Mm-hmm. They have juniors that last for years. So, it's, I think, for her, that just wasn't a fit for her. Absolutely. And you would have had that in your career with workplaces and particular leaders and particular well, teams. I've never really been employable. <laughs> Carolyn needs to be on the other side of the fence for a while, I think. Get a different perspective, I think. I don't think I've I think I've held a job down for six months in my life. And then just had to start all your own businesses because that's what you do. But certainly I know for me, and that's people say to me, why did I stay so long at Shine? And I'm like, when I walked in, I knew they were my people. And I, I felt it. I, I felt it. Um it was just this feeling of I'm meant to be here. These are my people. It was every day, you know, rainbow and sunshine. No. no. But I just felt a, a strong connection and, and it was a culture connection. Yeah. And Absolutely. It's, and it's finding and for us, you know, I want to employ people, whether it's our admin team or our legal team, I want people on my team who want to find their home. Yes. You know, people who are committed to their role and they want to find their their 
the place where they've got their people and I think that's what we have in our firm. It's it when, when you get that and, and you know I've been um, in your firm I know lots of people at work in your firm and um, it's a definitely a vibe you know it when they talk about you as the owner and 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 of that leader but also of other leaders that you've got in the organization and when people talk about their work talk about their clients talk about where they work you know pretty quickly I think about how they feel about that yeah and you know like in terms of leadership it's hard as a law firm owner when you're starting out and you don't actually see yourself as a leader initially really no what do you you see yourself as? and it's interesting because all the people that are in my scalable business land they are the same they don't see themselves as as a leader there's this real you know and they don't like the use of the term boss and things like that um and so it takes time to get there so you know like when you first start your law firm you just want to have that freedom and make some money (laughs) and get some clients through the door and Absolutely. then you start employing people and you employ one, two and three and, you know, it's great because you can go and have fun lunches and, you know, create mm-hmm. this. But then you get more and more people on board which bring more and more issues because people bring issues with them. And so Absolutely. then you have to really start stepping up as a leader and addressing things. Um, mm. And so one of the things that I really struggled with up until more recently, let's say the last few years, is transparency of sharing like where I was taking this business. Okay. And so now I'm much more, you know, transparent with say where I'm taking it, what our goals are, figures and all of that actually inspires people because they're part of something and they love that. So was it an issue that um, it was all in your head and you weren't sharing it or was or were you a little bit uncertain yourself around that or what what was the hesitation no, I always about had, sharing I always had uh, very firm goals I think this I know you you're a you're a set those goals and yes. tick them off kind of yes gal. but I think there was a fair if you shared um, how successful the business was or how oh, successful yes. you wanted it to be that it could lead to resentment or... Who she thinks she is. Yeah. Yeah, all that. She's making all these millions and here I am. Yeah. Not in that voice, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> but in a very similar way. Yes. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've uh, I've spoken to other uh, law firm owners around this, around the, the transparency of numbers and figures and goals and, um, and yeah, certainly... I think it gives people a perspective of what it takes to run a business, the costs of running a business yes. and the expenses and how much it costs to get a client through that door yes. and to deliver a result and for that client. And I've been learning that by sharing these things. So, for example, um, this year so far we've had an, an issue with um, having no initial appointments available in our calendar. Mm-hmm. So when people log on through my ad – which has cost X amount per per click or whatever Mm -hmm. and a lot per month for the overall fee, they click on the ad and then they click on the calendar and they see there's no availability. So it's a problem because... Ouch. Yeah, ouch. But Mm. you try and get your team to understand that by telling them we need to open up the calendars. And we need appointments available. It doesn't work. 
because they're like, I'm already maxed out. I don't want to see any more appointments. But when you take the time to share the numbers with them, this is what we spend on ads. This is what it costs per click. This is what a conversion costs. This is Mm. how we're, you know, and I showed them on, like this is what clients are seeing. If you were clicking, if you were in dire need for a family lawyer and you Googled family lawyer, Mm -hmm. Brisbane or Gold Coast, and you clicked on an ad and then you clicked on a calendar appointment and you saw no availability, what would you do? Next. I would click off it. Yeah. I would click off it. What would you do? So it's a discussion and a real, you know, like actually helping them see from your perspective Mm. so that they can understand why you are implementing things, why you are doing things, rather than just being like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Because when you say this is what you're doing, you just get a backlash or grumbling actually behind your back. Yeah. That's when you get that, you know, I talk a lot about compliance versus commitment and you just get compliance. You get, well, well Carolee's yeah, telling me what to do so I'll just tick a box and do it or do what she's asking me to do. But you don't get understanding and commitment and loyalty. And the great thing is, is which is what we're trying to do as leaders, is uh, to mentor and coach and develop the skills of those around us and that's exactly what you're doing and empower them so that they can make good decisions Mm. and they can't make good decisions if they don't know what's going on but I think some people um, lead from a place of fear what if they steal my whole funnel Mm -hmm. what if they go out on their own what if they you know what if what What if, if what if what if you're gonna have team members go out on their own Absolutely. You're going to have, if you're in business long enough, which you are in business for the long, you're Mm -hmm. not in business for five minutes, which is what I tell everyone in the Scalable Business Lounge. Yeah. This is a long game. We're all in business for our career. A lot of us, especially as lawyers, you're going to be in business as a law Mm -hmm. firm owner, particularly if you can make it successful, for the next 20, 30, 40 years. You might be even growing a legacy firm for your family, mm-hmm. you know. So you're going to have people that go out on their own. Absolutely. You're going to have team members come and go. I've recently come to the realisation. I know this realisation. <laughs> that I'm always going to be hiring. Yes. I'm always going to be hiring. Yes. And I think there's this, you know, I, I sort of have always felt like I'll hire this person and they're going to be with me forever. <laughs> Like you, you want that. I used to think that as well. I remember, you know, Steve at Shine often saying to me, because I'd be all in a huff when a team member left. You know, if a lawyer resigned, I can't believe it. And, you know, after all I've well, done. Well, you do feel offended. You are human. Feel that. You're human. And he would be like, he'd very calmly, he'd say to me, let them go, Midge. Let them go. And... You know, and I'm like, no, I don't want to let them go. I've put all this effort <laughs> into them. And mm. so, yeah, I think that's... Particularly then if it's your own business and it's your own firm and stuff. Um, absolutely tough. But it sounds like already, which I know lots of business owners experience, people will go, maybe they'll come back, they refer work, there's other relationships, there's other connections that and, are made. And, you know, like interestingly, I was just kind of 
pondering this the other day and you know we're not just in the smaller community of the Gold Coast anymore we've sort of expanded out to more of a southeast Queensland mm-hmm. um, brand and you know I'm continuing to scale my firm I'm hoping it's going to grow beyond that as well uh, but you know sometimes you can feel the pressure of your competitors especially oh, when you know not just clients but when it's hard to get lawyers to come and work in your team and things like that and it's interesting so since 2012 um, you know when I first started my law firm back in 2012 there were were I don't know three four five different law firms mm-hmm. that were the top of their game in family law and you we look to them like oh wow wouldn't it be amazing to be like that firm and they don't even exist anymore things have happened life goes on things change things evolve you know and ultimately what ends up happening is that different firms open because different firms close you know there's been people that pass away or go bankrupt Mm -hmm. or you know retire and they don't want to keep running the firm or whatever it might be. And those solicitors go on to open their own firm. So you get new competitors, but old ones drop off, but it's Absolutely, kind of all yeah. the same people just being recycled anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, look, they've popped up again somewhere. Yeah. So things come and go, things come and go, people come and go. Yeah, tide goes in, tide goes out, as someone yeah. used to say to me. Um, and I think you can also use that analogy within – uh, law firms and within businesses because a lot of people will say to me there's nowhere to go in this firm you know there's no promotional opportunities so I have to wait for someone to die before I get promoted and I think looking at it that there is always opportunity there are always niches um, and looking out for that opportunity and things will not stay 100%, the same 100%. Will not stay the same and I'm so aware of that because and I don't want to be a firm that is like that. I want to be mm-hmm. a firm where people can know that I'm going to hand the baton on yes. to them. And so we've created, as you know, because I had Midge's advice around it, um, you know, a new structure where we've created lead, a leadership um, levels yeah. or layers mm-hmm. so that there's opportunity for people to get the experience and be empowered as a leader of a team uh, and there's opportunities for them to grow up into new roles. Love that. Love that. And so, Carolee, I have a segment on the podcast called Leadership. Leadership. And it is the <laughs> shittiest thing. Um, that you. I would prefer it if the actual guess was something they did, right, right to be yeah, a bit yeah, vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Just a mistake, oh, the geez. shittiest thing or something you're willing to share. Just a mistake you've made. And the impact of that, something you wouldn't do again in a leadership role. Something spring to mind? Ooh, there are so many <laughs> things that I have done that I wouldn't do again. So many. Oh, what can spring to mind? I mean, I've over the years had so many different weird experiences with team members. Um, I think one of the things that I wouldn't do again is like overreact on an issue right. and get your knickers in a knot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like this leadership style of, you know, come in here and you're out today particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, 
sometimes as a leader and employing people, you can get really excited about them. <laughs> and how does that end sometimes, Carolee? Oh, good. <laughs> Are they like your new shiny yes. thing in the office that you want to play with? And yes. then you're like, oh, no, I, I too much too soon. And yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely and, – and, you know, like you, you you can get excited about people because you think that they're going to yep. come in and fix all these things and then it just turns to rubbish and then you've got to backtrack. And Sometimes I'm often – I'm now more sceptical of people that I'm really like, woo, about at first. Yes. Sometimes it's the slow burn. Maybe not so much in my love life. I do believe in the spark to start with. Yes. We'll talk about that in a minute. But – um, yeah, particularly in the workplaces, I've found over the years of working with people, sometimes the people I have the best relationships with and actually work the best and produce the best work are people that at the start when I met them, I'm like, oh, okay, you're not particularly my cup of tea. Maybe they're very different to me or, you know, that. And, and over the years, I'm like, oh, my goodness, you're exactly what I yes, need. Yes, and that's one of the things. So, um, so elevating people is probably a mistake in your own, not elevating them in their role, but elevating them in the importance that they have mm. to you. Um, I've done that a few times too many. Yes. Uh, and what that leads to is at the end of the day, the team member is going to leave and do their own thing anyway, and you've elevated them into this important person in your life. Yes. Um nearly in a, in a personal way and it then leads to really you being really hurt. And yep. I think that I think that a lot of leaders do that. I've got lots of friends in leadership roles and we've all had that sort of similar experience. Mm -hmm. And it leads to it, you being hurt and resentful and feeling like you've had your heart broken by somebody. Yes, like who, someone owed you something. Well, they're, they're an employee but you've yeah. elevated them mm -hmm. to more than that for some reason, you know, in your law firm. Yes. So, And I've definitely made that mistake very early on. And again, smaller team, you're Absolutely. only looking after a couple of people, you're really reliant on someone, you've brought someone in, they're all part, they're part of your story and part of your journey. Yeah. And then you kind of feel like a bit shat on. Yeah. And I've, look, I've seen it the opposite way as well where employees feel like what, like this is an injustice and I can't believe like that my boss would do this to me. And I'm like, it's a role. Mm. It's a professional relationship. Uh, if, you know, and there's been lots of circumstances around that. And so both ways, it's like, okay, you can absolutely have that connection and that loyalty and, and things I think, like that. But um, importantly, like reading the book, um, The Four Agreements, mm -hmm. that – not taking things personally, which is one of the agreements. So, Love at, that. you know, and I think around being a leader, that is a really important thing yes. to just keep in mind, to not yep. take it personally. Love yeah. that. So I spoke just briefly there around one of my love rules is that there has to be a spark. Yes. And, you know, we're very good friends, so Carolee knows about my dating life. Um, <laughs> maybe other, too much yeah, Maybe I, I'm an oversharer. <laughs> Um, you don't want to get Carolee and I with a bottle of champagne because oh, all the stories start. Or a one-hour trip down the M1 <laughs> where my mouth is on the floor. Carolee. <laughs> so, like, words of advice for me, some dating advice, Carolee, because you know where I'm at. I'm looking for a big love. 
hit me. Hit me with there what There is absolutely no dating advice that I could oh give you. Oh, my goodness, no. Because you are so much more experienced at dating than, than I am. What about love, um, Carolyn? <laughs> <laughs> anything, love. anything to give me. Uh, so the first bit of advice which you don't need is that uh, about dating mm-hmm. would be that people, I think, especially women – need to not be so uptight about dating. Right. And and date like it's a work coffee. Yes. Like if you find someone online, like don't judge a book by a cover. You never know who you're going to meet. How many times do you go out on a business coffee mm-hmm. with no expectation because it's not a date so you don't have an expectation? Because when we go dating, we have all these expectations about what they yes. look like and the the vibe and whatever when you go on a business coffee you have no expectation and you meet someone and sometimes you've got nothing to talk about and it's a 20 minute coffee you do your Mm -hmm. business and off you go and sometimes you sit there for an hour and a half or two hours because they're so interesting like when we met carolee a few years ago and now we're like yep yeah, exactly. So I think take that connection. take the heat out of the idea of dating. Expectations as well. So yep. date like it's a business, you know, you're swapping a business card. Yep. You may never do business with them. You may do business with them. <laughs> that business. Oh, I love that. I love that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Carolee. Now, where are people going to find more of you? More and how can people work with me. you? How can people find out more about you? Give us the give us the spiel, Carolee. I'm very easy to find. You uh, are. You can You're pop- a bit like mid Yes, yes. Carolee. Yes, and we've actually got our, our cars parked right next to each other at the moment. They're nearly black and white matching midget number plate, Carolee number plate. <laughs> we can't hide. <laughs> no, we can't hide. Um, so you can find me. You can literally just Google Carolee and my websites will pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but CaroleeFontanelli.com and on all the socials, Carolee Fontanelli. So I'm super easy to find, except, of course, Fontanelli can be tricky to spell. But if you just pop in... Carolee, starting with a C, you will find me. Wonderful. Excellent. Love that. Uh, we end every episode with uh, our fortune cookies that don't have any cookies. They're just fortunes. Oh, great. Um, I know. I need well, to we don't need the calories. We don't, so. we don't need the cookies. So I have two pop-up cards here. This is like a little bit of, I don't know, send you on your way with a message that was meant for you, a little bit of woo-woo from Ooh, the universe. I know. I love I, sometimes it. I get a bit woo-woo. So we have carpe diem or trust your crazy ideas. Which box do you want to pick from? Trust your crazy ideas. Oh, okay, perfect. So, Carolee, just pick one of those. I have a many a crazy ideas. Oh, uh, you do. We've spoken about we lots shuffle? of them. Can we shuffle? shuffle. What's the universe telling you to pick that one? Something in the middle. Yeah. Love that. Oh, and do you open it? How exciting. Yeah, pop it open. Like a little and gift. Trust yes. your ideas. What does it say? Don't give up. Remember, it's always the last key on the keychain that opens the door. <gasps> I love that. I love it too. And I'll tell you why I love it. Because I started the Scalable Business Lounge. And as Midget knows, I'd had this bubbling idea. Mm-hmm. Bubbling, bubbling, bubbling for ages. Um, and it took me a while to get there. And I was, wasn't really brave enough because... You know, who am I to tell people how to run their law firm or, you know, turn their law firm into something amazing that doesn't need them anymore and gives them all the freedom in the world? Anyway, I got there in the end. Uh, but starting a new business is hard. 
Yes. It's hard. And starting a new business in a different format. So, you know, the firm, it's service-based. It's kind of in-person service-based. What I do with the Scalable Business Lounge is online. It's lawyers. It's people all o- from all over the world mm-hmm. uh, that join me. And, you know, it can be hard to get new clients in there sometimes. It's been yeah. a challenge, even though I know the product is amazing. So that's awesome because... What I've learned about a business, whether you're in a law firm or whatever business you're in, you've got to just keep tweaking. Keep Don't throw tweaking. it away. Don't. Mm-hmm. I saw someone this morning on uh, – they'd had no success with launching an online program that they were – so they decided that they wanted to do an entire new idea. It's not that the idea is bad. You've just got to find – the channel yes to get people in there yeah it could be the last key on the key it chain. could be the last key on the t- oh key i chain. love that i love that huge thank you carolee for being in our studio today thanks for having me wonderful to chat and that's a wrap for our podcast i'm midja and thank god it's monday bye everyone we trust you enjoyed this episode of the mondays with midja podcast Host Midja Fisher is a leadership expert, keynote speaker, coach and facilitator. To find out more about Midja, visit midja.com.au or follow her on Instagram, Midja Fisher. And make sure you subscribe, share and leave a review. 